Collective, welcome back to this week's episode. If you have a moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it. This will help Musai Collective move up the charts. You can find the brand new mix curated by Dominicans Marola, which is two hours long and will for sure have you dancing. I want to give a quick shout out to Marola for curating such an amazing mix. This week, you'll be meeting DJ and producer Claudia Gallas, making her first beats at the age of 13 on her Commodore 64. She soon after started tiptoeing into clubs and fell in love with the music she heard. Claudia's aunt gifted her a Jeff Mills tape, which would soon change her life forever. With bookings at festivals like Time Warp, Awakenings, and Tomorrowland, Claudia Gallas chiseled her place among the top runs of the techno world. Today, we discuss her new release, Changes, Equality in Dance Music, Mental Health and Wellness, and so much more. This musical Musai is an artist to watch, and you can follow her on Instagram at Claudia Gallas. I hope you enjoy this episode, and here's Claudia Gallas on Musai Collective. Hello, Claudia. Welcome to Musai Collective Podcast. It's so nice to meet you here today. And how are you doing over there in Passau? Hello. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm doing very good. Uh, spring is coming here in Germany, south of Germany. So it's beautiful to watch. And I'm doing good, preparing uh, my tour for the weekend already. Nice. So I'm fine. Thank you. Good, good. So to get started, I'd love to have you share your origin story of when you first fell in love with electronic music. And when did you decide this is what I want to pursue professionally as a career? Uh, when I was... Um, like 13 years old, I had a, I have an older aunt and my aunt already had his first boyfriends and they were going out because she is four years older than me. We were already listening to some beats on the radio and recording with cassette and that's how I got into it. And actually my aunt, she was uh, already a little raver and uh, her boyfriend, we were going somewhere to, to go swimming and they had a tape in the radio, in the car radio. And I was surprised. It was like no vocals. It was bam, bam, bam. And um, <laughs> I asked, what is that? What what kind of music is this? And they told me, oh, that's Jeff Mills, DJ Jeff Mills from Detroit. And I said, wow, that's crazy. And I, I just was so, so, yeah, this tape seemed to me so magic and I asked them if I can have it so they gave it to me and since then I knew okay there's another kind of techno or music with some beats not only this stuff from the radio but yeah 13 14 it started where I got interested to it wow. and also uh, later maybe 14 15 I had some friends they were going to Berlin for the love parade and all the after parties and they came back and were telling me all this and I was like oh my god I need to go there I saw it on tv and everyone dancing and having fun and I just love this music and I was hooked right away that's so nice I love hearing everyone's origin stories of when that moment first happened you know we're like oh what is this <laughs> and then you go to your first festival and then you go to 
to your first like afters and then you're like, wow, it's a whole community. That's the other thing. There's such a community vibe to this industry. And, you know, whether you're a raver or whether you're behind the decks, like you all kind of, you come together on the dance floor and vibe and exchange that energy. So it is really special when you figure that out. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure like as you switched from raver on the dance floor to performer and artist, like that probably was so special for you as well. Do you remember your very first can you share with us your first gig? Do you remember? Do you recall? <laughs> or how you fell? Well, I, maybe I tell you just a story maybe between uh, when I started to listen to electronic music and becoming a DJ because I never thought about DJing in my life, actually. Um, oh, wow. The thing was, I, I knew I loved music and uh, my parents told me to play instruments if I wanted make a living out of music they told me okay you need to learn an instrument without an instrument you can't go to a university you can't make a living out of that and I said okay I just don't want to play those instruments and this old music so but I told them okay I want to make music always when they asked me uh, what you're going to do in your life and I said oh I'm not sure but I just want to do something with music and I never thought about DJing but I had my first computer and the first software where you could put some beats and some hi-hats and I was playing with that and I said okay I'm gonna be a music producer and my parents just said oh my god what is she saying but I had no chances to 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 do or to to learn more because there was no you couldn't study that actually back in the days it was hard to to make your way and yeah and then I decided to go to the United States for one year just to study a bit psychology and radio broadcasting and in this radio broadcasting course, I realized, okay, I really love being around technique and studio gear and playing my own music. And then I met some DJs and... Um Actually, they were hip-hopper, scratching around, nothing of techno. And they asked me, yeah, sprint some German techno for us. And I said, okay, how should I do that? And I started and my friend helped me a little bit. And that's how I got into it. And um, I realized, okay, amazing that the way I can make music without instruments, just mix one and another one. And it's still music, you know, and it's still, and that was the thing. I never thought about teaching, but when I did it, I'm like, oh my God, that's it. Why yeah. didn't I? The uh, connection was made. <laughs> because I was raving over all the years and dancing to all these fantastic DJs from all over the world and watching them and I was really on fire. But <laughs> yeah. they showed me that and I'm like, oh my God, something really drops and I, that's it. So I came back to Germany and I told my parents, okay, here I am, I want to be a DJ. And my parents were just like, oh my God, where does this end? And yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> I, I had a club in Germany where I was every weekend. And so I knew the people there and uh, I asked them, hey, can I play maybe one time warm up or in, at the end and they knew me so they said okay let's try it and uh, they gave me a spot and this was my first gig actually in Germany my first public gig but yeah it was like kind of after hour so I knew all the people and all the people were almost friends because you know everyone so it was comfortable it was, yeah yeah and I had a good feeling because I did I wasn't nervous at all, actually. Well, I love stories like that. And I think that, you know, there's so much pressure from society and parents to go to university and get a real job. I'm quoting that everybody, because, you know, there is the stigma around pursuing careers in the creative arts. And I think people forget people who are in the movie industries, you know, making music, 
performers. Without these people, you don't have entertainment. So to say like it's not a real job is very disrespectful, I think. And, you know, what advice do you have for any aspiring DJs who want to go for their dreams, but they're not supported by their families? What would you help say? <laughs> Everyone knows this problem because the parents always want the best for you. And I still hear my parents telling me, oh, finish your school, do that and do a real job because they are scared about uh, how you live or make a living. I mean, I know a good advice from my mom and she said, listen, you can do whatever you want, but please finish your school first. That's the most important thing because if there happens anything or something, you always can go back and can go studying so it doesn't matter how old you are you can always go back so it's really important to finish school and I did that actually but then uh, my dad wanted me to be a hotel manager and to go this way and I said no I just start with DJing and I think for the young people it's always important to have a safe land B maybe behind something because you of course need money to afford your life to pay your rent and uh, to pay your food but always follow your heart and I Actually, I wasn't working from Monday till Friday. I just was working three days because I said, okay, that's enough money to make, to, to, to have enough money for my living. But the other days I had time to make music. So when I was really living on the limit, I told myself, okay, I don't need more than 500 euros every month and that's enough. And the other days, the other uh, days I had time to practice my DJing, get more into it and searching for new gigs and I think if you love something, you should always follow your heart because your heart knows the way. And if you love something, there you have a lot of motivation for something. And I think if you follow the way and you do what you love in your job, you will do a very good job. You know, Because a lot of people are in a system, catched in the system, and they are not happy. If I see them outside in the supermarket and wherever, there are so many people on the wrong jobs. You know, and I think the most important thing in life is to figure out what you don't want because everyone says you need to know what you want in your life. And I never knew this. I just started to separate those things I don't want to do. And so I come, came closer to my thing and I knew, okay, that's it. That's yeah, it. kind of like... Yeah, like a process of elimination. Like, I don't want that. I don't like this. I don't like this. But I think, you know, we all have our paths and everything is connected. And it sounds like the music found you in a way. Like you were there and you were present raving, but like you didn't connect like the music, making music part and being a DJ until that moment. So I think that's really, really nice. And, you know, I think we have to follow our hearts and pursue what we want and follow your dreams I think like minimalistic approach, like you can pay your rent, you can survive. Having essentials only to be able to pursue your dreams. I mean, if it's possible, why not do it? You know, you you see people out there, like you said, at the grocery store or whatever, and they're just not happy. And it's like, because they're not thriving in their passions. So I think if you're able to do this, even if it's like on the side, if you have a corporate job and then you're DJing on the weekends, maybe that's the balance or maybe if you don't have to have that corporate job and, you know, get a roommate, 
cut your costs, make it work. You know, I think it, it can, it can happen. <laughs> That's what I tell everyone when they tell me, oh, they work so much to, to pay the rent in a big city or something. And I say, okay, did you ever think about moving to a smaller city just to have a lower rent and then you could afford even more or you would have time more have more time for your music but it's always the focus on what's what you focus is on you know yeah yeah also I find that if you're not stressed out about the money part of things and you have this kind of mindset then you can really focus on the passion because you're not stressing out about how am I going to pay my rent next or you know how am I going to survive because you have set the tone for like your cost of living and how you want to live so if you know if you're not having like expensive lifestyle <laughs> and you can pursue your dreams as an artist then it works <laughs> so yeah you're proudly recognized as a member of the lgbtqia plus community and as we approach pride month coming up this june can you share with us your experience of diversity and inclusion in the dance music scene for this community and would you say you've seen any positive changes over the years for more inclusion in dance music The thing is, when I started to rave, you could really feel it that the whole dance scene is very open-minded on this. And I always felt really welcome. I think this was also a reason why I felt in love with the scene actually so much because you just entered the club, you forgot all your problems behind you. We all were like brothers and sisters. You knew everyone in the club actually and they knew you, they knew you and it didn't matter actually what sexual orientation you have or where you're from or which color of skin you have or whatever. So it was just being there, having fun and doing the best out of it. And um, the scene is very open-minded. You can see it also like when the Love Parade was in Berlin, here in Germany. So uh, yeah, everyone, every woman was kissing the other one, the man kissing the man. So it always was already very open to the LGBTQ. Also when you see see the movement in the USA, in Chicago, when House started, also UK. So it was always kind of crazy. And uh, this was always very open-minded. And that's why I love it, actually, because it doesn't separate people. It brings people together. Yes, absolutely. I can definitely agree on that. And just, you know, like you said, leaving all of your inhibitions at the door, coming and entering that dance floor, being together and just like socializing. And it doesn't matter where you come from or what your sexual orientation is. It's, you know, everyone's loving each other, <laughs> especially at Loveland. <laughs> yeah. As an artist and a, an artist in the scene, would you say that like there's been, you know, maximum support coming from LGBTQIA plus community like getting on labels getting on lineups like the diversity on lineups you see that there's more of this happening on festival lineups and such or labels I tell you i mean there are so many things coming up new things coming up right now in the last year so it's growing for sure our our whole scene is growing so probably also um, this part is growing but i i can't really tell you because i the last years i i didn't have time really to to watch if it's growing or not. I just, I mean, I'm in the middle of it. Yeah. So I know it, it's it's good to be in the dance scene. It's good to be with the people in the club. And I know they 
have no problems with that. And I hope this is is still going to be. Speaking of that, after the past two summers off touring, because, you know, the pandemic shut everything down, I see you have a stacked summer coming up of your tour. And, you know, how does it feel again to be back on tour? And what have you learned throughout the challenges of this pandemic when you've had time to pause? And what was that like for you? (laughs) Well, of course, I think for every one of us, it was very frustrating and very sad and no one knew how long this is going to happen or take or last for how long it's going to last. So it was a very hard time in the beginning. I, I was not sure how to feel about that and I was really confused. But on the other side, it was also kind of nice to have this short break from touring actually because I mean I was touring very very long and very hard the last years suddenly you stop and then you are at home and go into bed at 8 p.m. or something like that and you wonder <laughs> what's happening. Uh, um, but yeah I've learned a lot about that situation because I was working actually every day in my studio you know just to help myself to you not know, getting crazy maybe about the situation you know, just to control myself and my feelings. And I thought, okay, let's just work in the studio to improve my skills in the studio, make good tracks, and maybe this is going to end somehow. And I was just hoping. But also I've learned that the pandemic, I mean, everyone slowed down. I don't I don't know how it was about you, but everyone had to slow down. And suddenly you could feel, oh my God, this is like, we are going really slow in this world from day to day. And I it's kind true. of like And I learned not to stress myself anymore so much. I mean, the work is still there. If you are having, like now, you're having some work in the office, some work in the studio, I have my gigs. So this is pretty the same like before the pandemic, but I am not stressing myself so much anymore because I I know the work is still there. It doesn't matter if I stress myself or not, I still have to work this. Yeah, no, I I feel that. Mm -hmm. And... um, yeah, and those are the things. And also, um, it changed my, my living. I really tried to live more healthy. I started to cook vegetables. I started <laughs> to read a lot about it because I had time every day. So I had my books and I was like reading, okay, what I'm going to cook today. Some healthy things. This is how my life changed and actually also my mindset changed because I always think if you have good food you're eating good your mindset is going to be also good and uh, yeah those are the things I just tried to balance a little bit yeah I think it taught us all how to pause and you know have a minute for yourself and I think for a lot of people I mean I always love to cook but for a lot of people you had no choice you had to cook because everything was closed (laughs) so you know I have friends that never cooked before ordering these meal box things that come with the whole recipe and you know that was a good start for them but even just like you know finding new recipes and nourishing yourself and going for runs outside because the gym is closed I I never ran outside before and then I started running outside because I had no choice by the in Toronto by the lake and I was like I have lived beside the lake for 10 years and have never gone it took a pandemic to get me out here (laughs) and you know what I needed that for my mental wellness I just you know instead of being stuck in my condo all day I was like well I need to go for a walk I guess and I then I started running and then I was like wow what have I been doing and then just like things like taking care of yourself I launched this podcast in the middle of the pandemic I didn't think I ever had time but I just fire to you know so 
I get that. And uh, speaking of mental health and wellness, this has been a major topic across the dance music industry, popping up more so at conferences with panels or retreats happening. I know IMS Ibiza, they like to really shed light on mental wellness in the industry, especially, well, whether you're a raver or an, a touring artist, you know, because I know that can be heavy as a touring artist with balancing that work-life balance and maintaining that consciously. So what are some ways that you consciously maintain this work-life balance and what are some of your favorite wellness rituals and how do you manage this for yourself? <laughs> Actually, I, I started to run also some years ago. Um, I am going jogging three times a week, so this helps me a lot, but the best thing is really going out to nature. I, I love hiking. I, I have the Alps here. <laughs> nice. It's unique and then you go south and then the, the Alps. I love it to be there and I love to be just alone somewhere on a hill or on, on, the, on the peak. Yeah, and, and the good thing about hiking is you're going, you're walking like three hours and it's like a meditation for yourself and it's quiet. You just hear somewhere birds singing or something. And that's, this helps me a lot to come down. So I do this two times a year. I really, really need it. I would do it more often if I would have time, but it's not close to my home. So it's hard to get there. So twice a year, it's, it's, uh, it's working for me. But yeah, that's the best way to come down and to have a balance. I just read an article in the newspaper and they also say this. That's the green pill, actually. You know? Ah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> it's seeing more and more that the depressive people and, and people who are getting problems because of their jobs or something, they are down and then they, the doctors say, okay, go to nature, go hiking for one week and let's go back and then we will see what happens. And this helps the people so much and also works for me very good. I totally agree about getting into nature. It's like my nature's medicine, right? Like getting out there, walking in the forest, freezing in that air and just actually even I love doing it solo because it gives you clarity or maybe you're you know, going through your thoughts just a walking meditation basically and I always feel so much better after I do that also just like in the thick of the pandemic because we weren't leaving the country we were exploring different parts of Ontario and Canada which are gorgeous like trails that look like BC Vancouver like you're somewhere in the mountains but these little like nooks and I never knew really existed to be honest and I started exploring my own country because normally I'd be traveling to Europe and going to like Ibiza or something and I'm like oh I guess Canada is great <laughs> I should stay here <laughs> here I, I don't know it really oh, like brought me back to myself and I feel like it's so important and I, I really highly recommend it everyone especially over in Toronto now that spring is in the air get out yes. there <laughs> Tobamori that's where I was Tobamori it was amazing so you actually have a new release coming out this summer on Joseph Capparati's label Redimension called Changes so can you tell us a little bit more about this new release yeah the track is uh, also made in the pandemic time when the first lockdown came and um, as I told you I was really frustrated and scared and sad about the whole situation we were stuck in and I was producing every day and um, I was really sad and suddenly I found this vocal from the track I also was 
a little bit angry about what was happening on social media at this time. A lot of hate, you know, there were just group A or group B, but nothing beside and between. So I could see the hate is really getting bigger and bigger in the socials. So I just wanted to hide myself in the studio. And I found this vocal and I was working on a track with this vocals behind in the background with this uh, loop. And uh, yeah, I felt good to produce this track actually. And it helped me to feel happy and to actually feel what I really feel about the whole situation. I was angry, I was sad and yeah, I kept on producing this one and um, yeah, I was sitting there listening over and over and I'm like, oh my God, this is touching my heart right now. So I wanted to put all my emotions in this track and after I found the vocal, it fit perfectly in this one and it said exactly that what I was feeling, the world is changing, don't you see it? sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. And I was sitting here and I'm like, oh my God, yes, that's exactly what I feel right now, what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, no, um, that's the story about the trek. And I thought, okay, I, I need to send it to Joseph because uh, he was waiting for some tracks of, of mine. So I said, okay, listen, Joseph, I, I made this track. I don't know if you like it. You're going to love it or hate it. And he was listening and he said, oh my God, I love it. I take it. <laughs> Amazing. It's funny because it's like as much as you were in the studio, like producing, it was also like a music therapy also for you because you're like all these emotions you were putting into it, how you were feeling. And then it's like the way you're creating the track. And at the end of the day, it becomes like a music therapy for you. So I really hope that translates on the dance floor for you. I'm I'm sure. Have you been playing it out, like testing it out on your dance floors yet? Or yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> because it probably takes you back to like how you felt in the moment while you were making it when you hear it no well the flashback yeah. is there sometimes yeah yeah, but yeah I just also want to wake up the people nowadays I mean we still have so many problems out there in the world so I just also want to I just want to tell them please watch out and wake up our world is changing and here are so many bad things happening I, I just yeah I just want to make the moving you know to, to, to change it to a better way I mean, we all know the, the, the things are going, turning to, to a bad side, also the war in the Ukraine. So yeah, this should be just a wake up call. <laughs> wake up, everybody. Be the love and the light. That's all I have to say. <laughs> you know, if we're all like nice to each other, then, you know, we'd be a nicer world. Okay, well, we actually have a little teaser of changes. So let's have a listen, everyone. for what we believe in to change the world 
there you have it, everyone. That is Claudia Gala's new release, Changes, coming out this summer on Joseph Capres' label. Okay, so speaking of changes, let's talk about embracing change, the evolution of ourselves, and letting go of what no longer serves us. And this can also mean, you know, letting go of past versions of ourselves which you might just not resonate with anymore. What are some ways that you've embraced change both personally and professionally over the last few years? I realized I, I, I need more healthy living and also, um, I mean, uh, alcohol is also a big, uh, big topic in our scene because as a DJ, you play every weekend, everyone is having fun, everyone comes with drinks and, and you're always drinking. So the last 10 years, actually, I realized that I was drinking almost every weekend. And um, during the pandemic, I said, okay, listen, do you see that, that I was drinking every weekend? And that's too much, actually. And I need to stop it somehow because I just want to get in a better version of myself and feel even better because I'm also getting older. So I just wanted to experience the new feeling how it feels not drinking alcohol so I did that step and yeah it feels good actually it just feels very good I love that because it's true I think it's just such a socially acceptable thing and pressure when you go to a party or it's so social like people oh, I have to set boundaries because people are like want to get together but it's always like to have a drink like want to go have a drink want to get it and I find that happens also a lot over here being in a Caribbean island like oh let's me let's have drinks but it's like but I don't want to drink all the time <laughs> and then also just like, you know, of course, as a touring DJ, you arrive to the club, you have your rider there. People want to like host you. They just want to host you well, you know, and maybe they're not conscious about it. It's just, you know, what they do. And maybe you're not even thinking about it. Like, yeah, sure. I'll have a drink, whatever. But then when that happens every weekend, two or three times a weekend, or maybe twice a weekend, you know, that's going to take a toll on your health at the end of the day. Also add in there the traveling, the jet lag, hangovers dehydration, all of it. I'm sure like you kind of probably blossomed into another version of yourself, like cutting out this every weekend. I think it's okay. We got to change the conversation and like normalize that it's okay to not have drinks every weekend. I have friends, they don't drink alcohol at all for a couple of years. And I, I really, I, I'm just so surprised how this works for them. And they always tell me, oh, this feels so good. And I can't believe it because normally you come in somewhere, you want to relax yourself, so you'll be having the first drink. And that's what all of us think. Okay, I'm just done with work. I'm going to go home or going to go out and have a drink to relax. And that's really not, not the point because you're not going to relax, actually. Maybe a little bit in your head, but your body's having stress because of the alcohol. And lately I realized I really have fun with no alcohol. I mean, I'm fine with someone drinks. I did it also the last years and I will probably in future, but not so much as I did before because I realized when I don't drink alcohol I'm also I'm even more funnier than I, when I'm drunk <laughs> I, sleep I, I, I get up in the morning and I feel good my my legs or my, my, my veins doesn't hurt, you know. <laughs> no, for sure. I think, yeah, I mean, just like sober living or just like reducing your alcohol intake, it just makes your mind sharper, your mind, body, soul. And it's like also look at other ways to relax yourself, like 
going in nature, go for a run, do a meditation, do yoga, just dance. <laughs> I just like a good dance personally, but you know, just needs to be more normalized. So good for our mindset. I, I can feel it. It always depends what I drink, actually. If I drink wine, I feel bad that the next day I am not happy at all. If I drink beer, I, I feel different. So it always depends on the drink also. So I realized, oh, this affects my mindset so much every day. And I didn't want to have that. So the combination of being uh, hiking in the nature, having good food, not drinking so much alcohol, I realized, oh my God, this is so refreshing for my head. Absolutely. I like to call it staying sharp. <laughs> staying sharp because then your mind is sharp and crystal clear. You feel good. Your body's good from the inside out. So sometimes I'll just say to my friends like, oh, I need to stay sharp this week or I'm not, I'm not like going out late. I'm not <laughs> drinking. I'm staying sharp. Stay sharp, everyone. That's how I like to call it. Anyways, that's so great. I really, I really love that and I admire that as well. Okay, we're going to get to this part of the podcast today. Can you share with us one or two muses in your life that you'd love to give a shout out to? I think it's also nature inspires me and also traveling inspires me very much. I love watching people. I think I'm also the only one person who is sitting at the airport and not having a phone in my hand and <laughs> media. So I just sit there. I'm having my silence. I have phones most of the time on my ears. But I'm watching the people. I always get inspired by watching other people and watching animals and being out in the nature. You're like the people the people watching? <laughs> I'm a typical daydreamer, actually. I, I can sit in the plane and people sometimes think I'm flying for the first time in my life because I'm always watching the window. <laughs> I'm sitting by the window like a small child. <laughs> You know, when we start and I see the airport and also the, the cities, uh, cities where you fly through or fly over, I love this and this inspires me very much. So, so sometimes if I even have music on my ears, it just makes me feel very, I don't know how to say, but maybe it's the same feeling like on Viagra. <laughs> This like natural high, like excitement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can say that. I agree. Every time I'm on a flight, I don't know. I have to look out the window. I usually sit in the window seat anyways. So I also, when we're taking off, I like to see us take off. And when we're landing, yeah. but yeah, it's exciting. I don't know. It's like, oh, we're here, a new place. <laughs> well, it's always different on different places. I mean, everything looks a bit different. The houses look different. The ground. The landscapes, the yeah. So I watch this and I see how the people live there. And so I imagine how, how it's going to be there, how it's going to, uh, how is the living uh, down there? So I, I just look out the window and I'm dreaming and dreaming. <laughs> and I think this is where my inspiration comes from. Yeah. And put it together sometimes. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, thank you for sharing. Okay. So can you share with us one positive affirmation? When I get up every day, I just try to be happy with what I have, what's around me. Also just to respect the little things in the life that I, I have a warm place to stay. I have warm water to take a shower. All those little things make me actually most happy in my life. So I just try to be very positive to follow this way. Yeah. And everything was Comes more is a plus. You, it sounds like you practice morning gratitude of what you're grateful for in your life and your abundance of what you yes. already have. Because yeah. then you have that mindset, then more flows to you. Abundance mindset. <laughs> yeah, I think to be grateful, to be thankful for your life or to for things 
what was nice in your life. That's very important. And I, I do that a lot when I see, oh, this person had me or this one was good. So I'm very thankful for that. And I will never forget that. So this is my, my mindset some, somehow. I think it's so important to wake up in gratitude, mind states. And I also love to do that as well. It does. It changes your mindset when you're not always seeking the next best thing or wanting more, more, like a capitalist society that's like always wanting more and more and more. But it's like, no, but be happy with what you have. And I think that's something that really came out of the pandemic for me is the whole like essentials only, not always consuming material things. Like just be grateful for these basic things you have, like the comfortable bed you're waking up in and the clean water you're drinking. Most of the kind of little things and the easy things in life. Make yeah, more it's true. If you are happy with that, you are open to get new things. Because if you are always thinking, oh, I need to do more, I need to work more, you get really depressed probably after some, some time and it doesn't make you happy at all. So you always have to realize, okay, what's around me? What things are good about that? And just focus on that one. Exactly. Abundance mindset, everybody. <laughs> Claudia, thank you so much for being here today on the podcast. It was really nice to connect with you and learn more about you. For everyone listening, Claudia will actually be curating a very special Musai mix for us June 21st. So stay tuned for that when it comes soon. Claudia, just sending you so much love and abundance for this next year and your tour this summer. And I hope it's amazing. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.